0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. All of this weekend's scripture readings speak to us about God's laws and the importance of following them. Now God's laws were first given to us by God and we refer to them as the Mosaic Law or the Torah. Later on, unfortunately, is when the problem started, in which the Israelites added human-made laws. And unfortunately, these human-made laws came into conflict with God's divine law, to the extent that the Israelites became more concerned about following their, their own human laws while neglecting to follow God's laws. And I think that really is a wonderful summary of all three scripture readings for this weekend. Now, go to the first reading. We have the book of Deuteronomy. God, through the prophet of Moses, gives us his law. Now, Deuteronomy it comes from two Greek words, deuteros and nomos. Deuteros means second, nomos means law. So, God's first law was given to us in the book of Exodus, through the Ten Commandments. Well, Deuteronomy is a continuation of God's laws. Now, notice how the first reading opens up. God says, Now, Israel, here are the statutes and decrees which I am teaching you to observe, that you may live and may enter in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. In your observance of the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin you today, you shall not add to what I command you, nor subtract from it. Now, that's very interesting, the very end. God is telling the Israelites. Don't screw around with these laws that I've given you. Don't add or subtract from that. Just follow them. Why? Because if we just follow those laws that God gave us, we'll always be in right relationship with them. The way God intended it from the very beginning of creation, before the fall of grace. So, why does God give us laws Is God some monarch that he imposes order amongst us so as to firmly control our lives? No. In fact, just the opposite. God's laws give us freedom. In fact, God's law is an expression of his will. And so if we follow God's law, we follow his will. And therefore, we will be in a right relationship with God always. It's that simple. Now, I would argue God's laws shape and form us. Into the image and likeness of God. Give you some examples of this. Just look at our civil laws here in the country of the United States of America. We are all governed by civil laws. Well, when followed, they tend to shape the people who follow them. Our civil laws govern all of our behavior. Regarding, for example, driving. We drive on the right side of the road. At a stop sign, we stop at red and we go on green. How about buying and selling? You know, we just can't go into a grocery store and grab all the stuff and then leave without paying. No, we have to pay for those things. Or even getting along with people. We know that we cannot physically hurt people or destroy people's property. And so, if we follow civil laws, then people, all of us, will live civil and well-mannered good lives. Take, for example, sports. Take any example of a sport, maybe your favorite sport. All sports are governed by rules or laws. And those rules or laws help us to enjoy the game. But better yet, those rules protect the integrity of the game. Well, the same thing holds true with God's laws. God's laws are given to us for the express purpose of shaping us according to God's will. And yet, at the same time, God's laws protect the integrity of our moral and spiritual life. Now, in the first reading, the Israelites, they are very privileged to receive God's laws. Now, notice the first reading continues. God says, Observe them carefully, for thus you will give evidence of your wisdom and intelligence to all the nations. For what great nation is there that has God so close to it, as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. Here, the Israelites are now glorified to have received these laws because these laws will shape the Israelites to become God's holy nation. Well, so too for us. You know, the laws that we have are the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, you know, the two great commandments. Well, all those laws give us, help us to follow them. And in doing so, we are formed and shaped by them into God's will and his image. Now, Jesus always had great respect for the law. That's why he always said, I haven't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Why? Because Jesus is the embodiment of the law. That's why he always gives us the proper interpretation. And see, that's what's going on right now in the gospel. Jesus is addressing a very significant problem. Over the years, over centuries, the Israelites have been manufacturing human-made laws and have added them to God's divine law. And these additional laws, these human laws, were designed by the Israelites to supplement God's laws, but also to intensify their requirements. And see, that's where now the gospel opens up that we hear for today. The controversy is unwashed hands of the apostles. Now, the Pharisees don't necessarily charge the apostles with poor hygiene, as they do charge them with violating these human purity laws. And so Jesus responds with a very vigorous attack on these human laws. These human laws emphasize ritual purity, but really they neglect the actual moral defilement in the person's heart as defined in God's law. Herein lies the big problem. The human laws were created by the Israelites, and now they've been elevated to the same status or the importance of God's laws, to the extent that now the Israelites are more concerned about following the human laws than they are consumed about following God's divine law. That's why Jesus says in the Gospel, You disregard God's commandments. But you cling to human tradition. Next, he says, Things come from within are what defile. Well, defile means to desecrate or to sully. Well, that can happen in the spiritual and the moral life, but it happens internal to our soul. We have to realize.